0: Welcome to Messy in the Middle, the podcast. We are two realtors from two different coasts working to improve and grow. We believe you deserve to have a thriving business and live a balanced life. Your journey from ideas to implementation starts now. Hey, everybody. We are here one year later with... My great friend Jeremy Patterson from Fairway Mortgage in San Diego, California. Hey, Jeremy, how's it going today?
1: Hey, guys, fantastic! Thanks, thanks for having me. It's I feel like it's messy at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, we're not <laughs> we're not in the middle,
2: but we're kind of messy in the middle of the year. Technically. That's right.
0: That's right. right. So Ed um, and I were chatting about uh, loans and we revisited a podcast we did a year ago with you, Jeremy, and we thought it would be really great now that the dust is slightly settled um, on our market to kind of get your viewpoint of what's happening. Because Ed and I really feel like, yes, we're involved in loans because our clients are involved in loans, but you're really, really, really in it and I believe you have uh, great information to share. We both
2: do. Sure do. Actually. Thank you. Yeah. So take it away. Let's let's hear what's going on. And we're going to f- kind of freewheel this a little bit, right? Just like we're in a bar talking yeah. about loans. Yeah. I think,
1: I think it's better uh, to do it this way too. I, I kind of like it. I, I do the same thing. So um, yeah, if we, if we go back a year, it, it's been such an interesting time, right? When you look at the last 12 months and kind of go, okay, where do we expect to be where are we today? What does it look like? Like, There's so many questions and concerns, and everybody has a, 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 an idea of what's going to happen in the future. And I think the, one of the things the last year has really taught me is, man, we can definitely predict and we can think, but we ultimately don't really know. And all we can do is really focus on what's happening today, how we can best manage and suit our families, and how can we best serve people around us today um and give the very best advice today because i think that's one thing a year ago that i look back and go man we a lot of people had predictions of what were going to happen to interest rates which we all saw them rise and they went up and we get that but i think there's a lot of predictions out there about when rates are going to come down and so that's part of it i think also loan application volume right what it looked like a year ago compared to today is completely different demand is different listings is different and i don't know if we expected listings I, I think a year ago we might have talked about the locked-in effect and the fact it was going to be hard to sell, sell properties right with really low interest rates. I don't know if we expect it to be quite this hard, but it's been interesting. It's been an interesting, uh, interesting 12 months.
0: Okay, so I have a direct question. A year ago, interest rates were really, really, really on the rise. We yeah. didn't know kind of where they would cap out. What is the highest interest rate we've seen in the last 12 months?
1: Seven and a half, seven and three quarters, yeah. right? Okay. Kind of put in there, and that was just because that. So there are so many things that happened that people don't know, right? Everybody sees the headlines about the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. Yep. And that was the calm inflation. Some of the things that people didn't recognize were the reality. Not only really raising interest rates, but they stopped buying mortgage-backed securities. So, so what that means for us normal people is the reality that if I'm going to make an investment, I'm going to invest in something. I don't want a two and a half percent rate of return on that investment over a thirty-year period. Right. Mm-hmm. Government didn't care; they kept buying that stuff. So not only were they buying that to keep the rates low, but then over the last year, they of pulling that back to where now they're not buying any of that. So it was a major, major shift, not only in interest rates uh, for them raising them, but also a completely different change of buying those securities too. Yeah. So the,
2: so okay, it sounds so- like the market, the secondary market, just completely shifted.
1: It did. It went back to a, a more of a competitive market space where it's okay. Who wants to buy these at what interest rate? Which has been interesting because that's part of the inflation. If you look at the gap between the value and kind of bonds and where they're at, it's just because government's not buying them anymore. It really changed. It. Wow. So the the okay. biggest customer left left the table. 100%. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah. That, right. that's
1: out. Go um, ahead, Jeff.
0: So just just in layman's terms, because we we speak to a very wide audience. Yep. When you say stopped buying them, what what are we talking about?
1: Mortgage backed securities. So when you take okay. a thirty year fixed mortgage and you pull it together, it's a securitization. Yes. The okay. government were buying those, and ultimately, they stopped.
0: Yeah, which causes interest rates to go up. And you were saying that seven and three quarters was the highest that we saw in the last twelve months. Yep. Where are we now today?
1: Um, high sixes, low sevens. Right. We're okay. probably right around seven percent. I'd say to be safe.
0: Okay, great, and. Do you feel with the information that you have, this is kind of the holding pattern space where we'll be for the next six to 12 months? Like nothing's really going to shift and change? I mean, obviously, you can't, you don't know, but just your, yeah, gut of feeling. course.
1: But I, I think it's interesting. So if you would have talked to me three months ago, I'm telling you, hey, rates will definitely come down faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but based on what we're seeing just in this last week, right? We got uh, inflationary data that showed better than expected. So that means inflation's coming okay. down. Okay. We typically, when we see that stuff, we expected there to be a turn on the bond market to really start to drive interest rates a little bit lower. Right. We just didn't see that. The market reacted positively, but it gave back the negative ground. So that meant that interest rates essentially stayed where they were. And that's not what we expected. We expected rates to start to kind of come down and this being a good point of that. And I think what it's showing is that inflation is a bit stickier than everybody believes. And the movement in the bond market um, is going to put us probably in that middle sixes, low sixes range, I think, for the next 12 months.
2: Well, the point there, and I, when you say the movement in the bond market, is that because of the spread that's required to buy these uh, mortgage-backed securities now that the government's left? Is that part of it?
1: I mean, that is definitely part of it. And it's, it's um, you know, the, the, the reality is investors still are spooked in the market space, right? They don't quite know what to do and where to go. Because mm-hmm. they get conflicting data, right? They get the inflationary data. Then you have Federal Reserve, which is likely to hold rates today. We'll see. By the time this comes out, we won't know. But they're likely not going to raise interest rates. But it doesn't mean they're going to stop forever. Um, it just depends on what the next 30 days looks like. I, I kind of look at it like a teeter-totter. But instead mm-hmm. of having two kids on a teeter-totter doing this, you've got the economy and data. And it jumps from side to side. And that teeter-totter does womp, womp. And there's, yeah. you <laughs> yeah, cannot... Just an elephant jumping from side to side and going. Well, I guess this is what it's going to be today. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's
2: almost impossible to try and time that. You just have to go when you when you find the house
1: and the right home, you go with the rate you can get. A hundred percent. You do the best you can, and you've know, heard all the sayings. You know, you know, marry the home, date the rate. You've heard refinance later. You've all that kind of stuff. And I think the reality of it is we have to accept that it's going to be what it is. And there's no better wealth building tool than home ownership. And it's harder than ever right now, mm-hmm. but it's never been better. It's never been better. I would much rather have my, my clients have to deal with a higher interest rate and be able to get a home than go back three years and have to go $100,000 over asking and still not get a home. It, it, I mean, it's hard. Yeah.
0: yeah. So on that point. The listings that I've had on in the last six months have had multiple offers. And when I'm saying multiple, I don't mean two. I mean seven to 20, yeah, depending on the location So, and the price. But even my properties listed over a million have multiple offers on them. So there still is this feeling for buyers that not only are they paying a high interest rate, but they're in competition. To, to buy these homes. I feel like we're in a stagnant space from my position because people don't wanna move. And so we don't have enough inventory to level the market or level the playing field just a little bit. And trust me, I don't want people's values to go down. I have a home here as well. And Ed's getting ready to list his home tomorrow. So, I mean, we we, we want the, the values to stay up, but when is that gonna change? When is the mindset of somebody going to say, okay, I'm ready to sell my home. Now we have a little bit more inventory, which by the way, when I looked uh today, we have less than a month's supply. Oh, you're back
2: down. Wow.
0: We're back yeah. down. So, that creates a seller's market even though we have high interest yeah. rates. So, can you can you speak to that a little bit, Jeremy? I mean, I know that was a long-winded question. Yeah,
1: though. no, I I love that because this is the conversation we're having all the time. I think in this market space, you really have to help people understand the value of selling to buy. Right. Because they're going to have to give up the lower rate. And it's a mindset issue that the lower rate is better than everything else. Just like when people trying to buy three years ago, I want to buy right now. The rate's lower. Right. The whole the whole thing. Now, the, the hard part is no matter how you look at this, if you sell your home and you're at three percent today and you buy the same home that you're selling at the current list price with updated property taxes and rates at 6.875%, you're paying $1,800 more a month here in San Diego because the home prices are so much higher. So to be very clear, if you look at what it was like five years ago, you would give up maybe four or $500 a month because you're buying the next home. Now you can't buy your same home for 18 So right. the issue is the jump is significant. Um, and, Jeff, when you talk about open houses and, you know, all the demand that we're seeing where I was at one of those open houses with you and we had 150 people through or something ridiculous. Yeah. And we're like, Holy ridiculous. Fuck, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> and, and, and that's the, the the hardest thing. So my thought on interest rates to get people to kind of get loosened up to be able to sell it. I personally believe, and based on some of the data, if you just look at monthly payments, I think rates have to be in the forest to loosen people up because mm. um, I think the data was something like uh, over 50% of households have rates, under three or under four. Yeah. I think it's under four. And there's another, you know, 20 or 30 percent under three. So when you look at that, you mm-hmm. go, okay, how how do we free that up? That's that's the only way. it rates gotta get down to the fours. And I don't I don't know if we will see that or if we do see it, when it may happen. Yeah,
2: that'll probably be a ways out, I would think. And you know, I, I think another thing's going on here is that we did have a period where rates were so low that people were excited to get in and get those rates. And I think we're getting back to a uh, back to basics market, a non aspirational market, more needs based, and people buy homes for life events. Things change and, and they move, and uh, you know if you get a, if you got a job change coming, that you know you you probably need to move, right? So you're gonna you're gonna do that.
1: Well, yeah. th- think about this, Jeffy. If if you so think about or both of you for your clients. How many? When's the last time? Or how many of your clients are sell to buy? It's less than
0: it's less than twenty five percent right now. I mean, it was close to fifty percent when interest rates were low. Most of my needs to buys are, you know, divorce, death, job transfer, changing,
1: moving, selling, rental, whatever the case may be. And that's a really good indicator of the reality of what we're kind of going through as as an industry. And those needs based clients are where we should be focused on which is, Mm -hmm. I think, some of the more difficult places to be focused because you're working with different types of people, divorce attorneys, financial planners, CPAs, like those should be go-to revenue streams for every real estate agent. But most that I talk to don't have them.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I I call it first-time buyers, last-time sellers. That's kind of where we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you get a little in the middle, but but yeah. it's uh, yeah. but that's, that's driving the market. It's the estate sales, the young buyers who are
1: renting. They just right. got to get in and it's a better financial move. Another thing that will change this too is if um, current homeowners wind up refinancing and taking higher rates, right? That will change things as well. You're not talking for the next 12 or 24 months. You're talking three or four years out. But Mm -hmm. if you look at the amount of debt here in the U.S., it's gone up substantially.
2: If you look at the savings
1: rate, it's gone down substantially. So that tells us that America is overspending, not saving money. And they're going to have to do something because credit card rates are getting higher. Those payments are getting Mm -hmm. higher. Mm -hmm. So will they refinance? Will they pull a second? Will they do something like that with home equity? Um, I can tell you our industry is really focused on cash out refinances. There are some companies that are having the biggest refinance months they've had in a while, all cash out. Which is an
0: interesting thought too. Interesting. So that scares me a little bit and tell me if I shouldn't be. But that reminds me of, you know, our big lending issue that we went through in the mid, well, 2007, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. But is that going to lead to something like that with these people? Because what happens is, is we don't change our spending habits. And so then we pull money from our homes. And then we spend that money like we've always been spending and then there's no shift or change and then that leads to problems. So do we need to be talking to our clients about that? I mean, do they need to be educated on that?
1: I think every client needs to be educated on that. But I think it's more of a conversation with um, us as loan officers and you guys as realtors. We need to be having better conversations about where people are fiscally, Mm -hmm. right? Are they doing okay with inflation? Are they managing credit card debt? Do they need other services or help from us? Do they need a budget from us? Right, And and I I don't think we're ever going to change how America spends or budgets their money. I mean, there's people in that space like Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman or those guys that they've been talking about the same budget, the same baby steps, the same things for 30 years They became millionaires off of it because we don't learn it and it's hard. It's hard work to do that. So right. I think it's important to be talking with our homeowners about it. Now, do I think it's gonna cause a major issue? I, I don't believe that'll be the case because ultimately right now, people will look at it and either give up the rate or they're gonna wind up, you know, declaring bankruptcy and saving the home. Like the biggest problem right now is it, it makes sense to be a homeowner. If something was to change where it didn't make sense to be a homeowner, that would change everything. But I don't see that yeah. ever happening again with the rates where they were.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our show. We get a lot of questions about why we do this, and I want to say that we love it. We sharpen our skills, we get to have fun, and we get to interact with all of you. So thank you for that.
2: Thanks so much. And we do have one favor to ask. If you know anyone that's thinking about buying or selling in the U.S. or Canada, let us know. We have an amazing network of vetted agents that are so good at what they do. And what better gift can you give that person than somebody that's best of breed? Enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, I, I've got a question. Uh, having you know, reflected on last year's conversation, it was interesting. We were all talking like the recession was a given, like it's here. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. at that recording there was one quarter of negative growth. We were expecting the second. Yeah where are things sitting there what are you what are you hearing you're watching that data closely what are you seeing going on
1: yeah so with recession i think that there's kind of 50 50 mix there people are still on the train of hey we're going to have this huge recession if we're not already in it right because they're kind of moving the goalposts on what recession is and the definition of it and then you know as you start seeing bank failures you see some of that stuff those are really good key indicators of recession The problem now is there's other indicators of non-recession that we're seeing. Like, look at jobs, right? They're not at the lowest point, but they're still at like a 40-year low. Jobs are a good indicator of what the economy is doing. Um, Inflation is now starting to come down, even though they've raised interest rates. Those core inflation numbers are starting to come down as well. That becomes really important to us. So the Federal Reserve will continue to raise rates of slow spending because they need to, and I don't know if a recession in our future is going to be something. The, the question is how big, right? I think it's more how big and when, right. because we're yeah. trending there, and the government needs to slow the the, the spending down. Mm-hmm. That includes in housing.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what's what's yeah. interesting in looking back, at least in our market. You know, if you would have told me that transactions would have been down thirty percent this year, but prices are up thirteen percent, I'd be scratching my head saying, "How is that possible?" You know, and right. and it's just that lack of inventory, and really still really strong demand, and it's driving things up.
1: Yeah. If you if you look at well, if you look at demand, it's at the lowest point that we've seen it since it was uh, since they monitor it, right? So if I would have told you just that one data point and said in two thousand twenty three this is what you should expect, there is no way you're thinking prices are up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It
0: just but, it's the it.
1: Supply and demand, right? Typical yeah. economics say with no supply and less demand, it doesn't matter because as long as demand is there to meet the supply, it will mm-hmm. still go up. And that's the, that's the interesting part. We're, we're not building enough homes. There's no way mm-hmm. we're going to catch it.
2: Yeah. And, right. yeah,
1: you- Home ownership is starting to become commodity, right? Think of it that way. I mean, what if home ownership wasn't a home, but it was gold and you no longer produce gold?
2: Yeah, that's yeah. okay. I love that analogy, and it, and this really drives mm-hmm. home the importance of tracking that absorption number, like you're doing, Jeffy, and that I do the, yes. the months of supply, because that yeah. that tells you where things sit, especially if you're looking and you don't see a lot of future supply coming in your market. In my market, it's it's a niche, mm-hmm. you know, to have yeah. new construction. They're infill lots, so uh, yeah. you know, what do you do? It's just going to drive prices up.
0: I'd be really interested to know. Maybe you guys know this. Uh, is the whole country still in this supply and demand position or is it coastal? I mean, are we in micro markets that are, that are different? Does not even do, do any of us know this answer?
1: I do. I do a little bit. I mean, well, I, I do most of them. I, I do. Um, so okay. the, the, what we're seeing essentially is you're not having what we see in San Diego or other places everywhere. But last month, we saw prices rebound a bit more than expected. Like, for example, Austin was down. But last mm-hmm. month, month over month, prices jumped over 1%. There are certain pockets that mm-hmm. we saw more of a decrease in prices. But then mm-hmm. last month, they jumped higher than expected, which tells us it's recovering faster because of supply and demand, right? You can look at some of those pockets. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know of anybody that I'm talking to real estate-wise that isn't talking about this subject, whether it be Florida, Idaho, Arizona, Texas, right? You think about that and it's, it is what it is. I don't, I just don't see it. And going away because we're just not building enough home.
0: Yeah. I also think that people start getting used to the hot water. I mean, it's the lobster in the pot theory, right? We we all get used to the fact that our interest rates are in the sevens. And you're like, well, you know what? I need to buy a house. So I thought it was going to go down. It didn't go down. I got to make a decision. I got to make a move. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. So people do start getting used to that. It's just how do they get into the market? They, have to, they probably have to buy well below what, they thought they could buy is my is what I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, and I would say half of our clients from this year are people that we've worked hard to stay in touch with throughout the year, so that yes. they know where rates have been, where they are, and they're kind of going, okay, well, the market didn't crash at seven and a half percent. We don't see supply coming. Everybody's saying the same thing: we're done renting. We need to buy, and they bought. They wish they would have bought mm-hmm. last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, the best time to buy is when you can.
2: Well, you know yep. and what's crazy is you know, think about our listings, Jeff, you bring them on and you get this let's say on average seven offers. That's kind of kind of in the average of where it's been for me and I know you've exceeded that in some areas and been right around that. But you've got the cash offers there. So you've got on the one side you've got people that are like, "How do I qualify?" and they're going through that and getting used to the rate and then they write their offer and they get beat by a cash offer.
0: And you know something in a way, we need to be better for our clients at explaining the difference between a cash offer and a, and a lending offer. Like we need to be able to have Jeremy or our lenders call and talk to the listing agents and explain how far into the process they are. Maybe we need to get these people fully in, underwritten so they can compete against cash. Like this is, this is probably a point that we need to go deeper in on a different podcast but mm-hmm. to be better at representing our clients who have- I lost. love that
2: for a podcast idea. Um, the point yep. I was trying to make on this on this one is it speaks a lot to the market about the amount of oh, money that's okay. out there that you know yes. oh rates are going up well when you when you have seven offers and two of them are cash what's that tell you right so it's we're in a really strange spot
1: well the, the cash doesn't surprise me because I think the recent statistics show that 39 percent of home buyers were baby boomers mm-hmm. Mm. And if you look at the average wealth of a baby boomer, I think it was something like nine hundred thousand dollars as an average. Now here's the crazy part: as an average, that's the wealth that's there, but the mean, which is the middle between everybody, is like one hundred and thirty thousand. There's a huge gap and discrepancy. So the 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 reality of the cash being there was is probably part in part do that people retiring, wanting to move to San Diego or wherever they're going for retirement, a lot of cash floating around.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Crazy. I don't want it in the market. It's really hard to be there too, right? It's really hard right. I well, want to do Just
2: it. saying my right. home is one level, perfect for, the, perfect for that aging boomer. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bring the cash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's moving to North Carolina. I'm out of here, people. <laughs> Hey, guys, we should probably wrap this up. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to leave us with anything? Um, We promise not to wait another year to have you on, but anything that you think would be a good nugget to um, leave our listeners with?
1: I think that one of the most important things we have to think about as a community, real estate and lending, is trying to make sure we continue to do what's best for our clients. And I know you guys are so good at this, which is why I love being on this. I have never been busier or worked harder in my life than we are right now, but it's not closing loans. It's serving our clients, having really difficult conversations and really helping them through tough spots because people are struggling out there right now. My heart is loving people and you guys know that, but yeah. there's no better time than right now today to do it and yes. touching base with people, loving on our clients. They will never forget that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I would say that's the nugget. that I'd love to leave with people just to go, okay, it's, it's perfect for that. And man, if there's any buyers out there, sellers out there moving around, like, don't be afraid to listen to the market. You know, listen to the pros. And if now's the time, buy a home. It's there's no better time than now. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's great, Jeremy. Hey, we appreciate you so much, Ed. Did you want to add anything? Yeah, I'm going to gonna throw
2: one last comment in, and I uh, I think it, it okay. relates. So my most recent buyer, first offer she wrote, she lost to a cash deal, and we rolled up our sleeves and said, okay, how you know we we just have to do what we have to do and how do we how do we get you to win and we did a really good job of working the relationship with the with the listing agent and writing a really good offer and we won on the next one so don't lose hope you can win in this market you just you just need to get out Absolutely. there and do the right things
0: all right everybody signing off here from San Diego, California and Ed Billings we'll
2: see you next time
0: All right. And Jeremy's information will be in the show notes um, if anybody wants to reach out. He's an incredible, incredible source of uh, information, a wealth of information, I like to say. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show, gained insight into having a thriving business and living a balanced life. We also welcome any ideas you would like us to discuss in future shows. Don't forget to like and share. We'll see you next week.